Yeah, about four and a half hours. Oh, damn. Damn. Where are you, Nick? Uh, do you know, well, Notre Dame, South Bend, Indiana, like right outside there. So you're on Eastern time. Yep. Early riser. My wife was an early riser, which basically she made me one. Um, by default. And do you have kids? Two. I kind of have this uh, this rule I learned early from having kids that um, you got to be up before the kids because you got to oh, get your yeah. shit situated, right? Like, yeah, you need at least an hour so that you can actually have some quiet time. And there'll be some shit like you just never do. You'll never cut your nails, never cut your toenails, never do. you won't, like just some basic fundamental shit that has to get done. If you don't get it for your kids, they just take over, right? Yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, seven, seven, and um, nine. Oh, dang. So mine are 14 and 10. A boy and girl? Nope. Both girls. Both girls. Yep. That's why I, I try to stay in shape. Boy, the, boys, <laughs> the boys all know who I am. Yeah. And hey, dude, it's a good example. They're going to marry their dad. It's a fucking What a great example. Yeah. You set the bar high and then that's what they're going to expect from dudes, right? That's the goal. That's the goal. Hey, Nick, I'm going to plug in your... Um, do you want? Do you want your? Uh, I'm gonna put in an Instagram account for you here next to your name. Do you want Zeus Method or your? Okay, N I K C K. Sorry, N I C K U R A N K A R. Got it. What kind of name is that? Your rank car. Slovenian. Slovenian. Yep. So, and it's actually a name that's uh, really big in India. So I get asked by Indian people all the time if I'm Indian and I'm not even close to Indian. <laughs> yeah, there. that's crazy. Why is that? Do you know where the crossover is with uh, a Slovenian? Zero. And Zero. Slovenia is a super small country. Um, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. But there's even like I think there's a town or something called like Urank. And somebody was like, the Urank cars have so much money and they're like huge in the. I don't know. I guess there's tech a lot space of huge in the tech space. Yeah, I, 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 don't <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no, I'm definitely not Indian. But I've been asked probably over a hundred times if I'm of any Indian like descent. Crazy. Are are you are you first generation in this country? Uh, I think I'm third. Third, okay. Yeah. So my grand, I, I know that like my dad's grandparents didn't speak English. Um, and it's a very, like I was born in Cleveland. Um, that's where they were from. And it's like super tight knit. Like you can't marry outside of Slovenian, like really crazy. Like, yeah. And Cleveland was a hardcore, uh, hardcore, uh, immigrant town. My, my, uh, yeah. Armenians ended up there too. That's where my family's for a lot of my family. Oh, ended yeah. up there. Polish, German, like there's all these little tiny communities like still. So I grew up and it was like, oh, Polak's are this way and it's i remember just being like why are you well i don't even they all everyone looks the same <laughs> right <laughs> like, what? yeah look at this uh historic fitness i have nick's 2015 i'm back game shirt who this guy does oh dang wow <laughs> <laughs> dang 2000 yep that was the year everybody thought that I was going to quit after that year. 
Okay, I want to go. I want to go back. So you grow you grow up in Cleveland, and, and well, what- I was born there. I, when I was one, my dad, my mom, all their family grew up there. When I was one, we moved to Florida. Oh, that's a nice move. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. it. Why'd they do that? Uh, I believe my mom's dad had moved down there and started a like air HVAC company, and my mm-hmm. dad went to work with him. Okay, okay, and and that's where you were raised in Florida till I was about eight. And then we moved to uh, like Northwest Indiana was about that time. And then uh, about a year later, my parents got divorced and then we basically hopped around. My mom worked, we'd get dropped off at school. There was this thing called kid stop and we got dropped off at like five 30 AM We're the first kids you'd be at kid stop. And then after school, there was like after school kid stop, but at five 30, it closed. So we'd get bust me and my siblings. We would get bust to the boys and girls club. And I basically would be there until my mom got off work. No shit. So your mom was just working her ass off. Yeah. So they found out uh, she was just a secretary at, I think like an air conditioning company or something. Uh huh. And uh, they found out that she had three kids and basically we were like living in, like we had our Christmas presents bought for us. Super like, little tiny place. And when they found out she had these three kids trying to raise them, they're like, stay, do as much as you want. They kind of gave her extra things she could do. And she was able to get a ton more hours in. Hey, how old are your siblings? I have a brother who's a year younger than me. He's 38, a sister who's 35. And I've got a brother who's 26. He's so, a you're, so you're 39. Yep. Hey, did you, all three of you share a room? No. So my brother, when my mom got remarried, he was born when I was like 13 or 14, but my brother and I did. And my sister actually got, so we had like a townhouse, uh-huh. um, super small, but it was based off income. So we were able, because we had three kids and my mom, she got her own room, but it was like my brother and I's bunk beds were the room. And then my sister actually got her own, her own room too. Hey, did you know that your mom was a uh, single mother struggling or were you like, cause my mom was, my, I grew up with a single mom too with my sister and and in hindsight my mom will say shit like yeah like do you remember the year that like all we ate was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i'm like yeah. no i probably fucking love that shit and she's like no it's because shit was tight <laughs> you yeah, know I'll, I'll tell people all the time like getting to play sports all day at like the boys and girls club and play games and hang out with kids was like a dream like i i i, I it was like i didn't know i knew we didn't have much but i didn't know what having much was Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i was around mm-hmm. a lot of rough kids saw a lot of bad stuff even as mm-hmm. i got older like i was i was around a lot of a lot of bad stuff but i was just more like just whatever naive like didn't even think um and just yeah like i remember there was a time we were there was a roll of quarters and in the middle of where we lived was where you would do your laundry and of course you had like do the quarters and stuff i found a roll of quarters well about a block away was a kmart so I like grabbed like two boys in the neighborhood. And I was like, dude, I just found $10. Let's go to Kmart. We bought like Doritos, candy, got everything you could possibly think of and still probably had like four bucks left. So we're walking back home. I go upstairs in like our little, our town home. And then there's a knock on the door and it's a lady. And she's like, Hey, I'm trying to find, I dropped my roll of quarters. Like, does anybody know? And my mom was like, Hey, did you find anything? And I remember I walked down and I was like, I did. And we went to Kmart and I told her and she was like, I would have done the same thing. Gave her back the quarters I had. And she's like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like, but I oh, that's cool. Wow. What a good story. 
So I felt so bad. If you'd had a dad at home, you'd have got a belt. Probably. <laughs> probably. My and my dad came back when I was like, uh, he was he he struggled a lot. Uh, but fourth or fifth grade, I think he he kind of came back into trying to do some stuff. He went back to Cleveland, so he would like come pick us up in the summer for like two or three weeks sometimes. Um, and I remember just, we hated it, hated him. I hated him till I was probably <clears throat> 21 or 22. What changed? Who? Um, so I hated him till then. And my wife would probably say you hated him till you were probably 34, 35. Mm -hmm. which is true, but I could tolerate him. And what changed was a few years ago, uh, he, called me. So he used to basically tell me like how stupid that CrossFit was. This mm -hmm. is dumb. You shouldn't do it. You got a family. You got like when he finally was trying to be like, I'm going to be your dad. I was like, shut up. And a few years ago, he called me and he was just like, Hey, I just want to tell you I was wrong. Everything I've ever said, I was wrong. And I'm sorry. And if you ever decide to do anything in the future, I want to be involved in it. And I was like, and, I, and it was one of those where I was like, wow, like it was the first time I ever believed it. And now he's like my best friend. No shit. It's weird. It's crazy. What do you um, do? Was he going to therapy? What do you think happened for him? What, what, what brings a man to like, just be humble enough to say that? Um, I think grandkids. Well, so grandkids got him to quit smoking. And uh -huh. a lot of, so like the day she, I first was born, he quit smoking, which again, if you know a smoker who smoked since they were like 13 and they're, 60 or you know in their 50s yeah they say they quit all the time um but they don't and it's right, pretty right. obvious but he legitimately quit i think what it was was that obviously everything he ever told me that i couldn't do i did and then i obviously i didn't excel at everything i wasn't the best at everything but i never quit at anything so it was like every step he'd be like you can't do this you can't do this there's no way and i think finally like i got into like i bought a extra real estate property, upgraded our house, was doing all these things. And I talked to him. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I go to his house sometimes. He lives about an hour and a half away and I bring my computer and I just go on and start doing stuff. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, I got an idea for a business thing. Or I got an idea for a new program. I just I want to create it. And he's like, this is just what you do. And I was like, yeah, but it's all because of the stuff you told me I shouldn't do. Mm. So without it, it, saying it, but yeah so i think it was all him seeing everything and kind of being like dang like i got a cool kid who i've never really just let be who he is uh, twice my dad has told me he's proud of me i'm 51 and, and and most recently he told me like about a month ago uh and, and it's crazy that i can remember those two times mm -hmm. hey i'm proud of you it's always like he's hugging me and he whispers both times he's hugging me and he's whispers in my ear hey i want you to know i'm proud of you I, I can't remember anything about my dad except for he came home one night and made a frozen pizza and I asked for a slice and he said, no, <laughs> Get your that, that's, that's like the, everything else is kind of like visually like seeing him and just being like, <clears throat> he's laying on a bed and we're laying on the ground and he, he is, you know, there's a fan at a window and he gets the fan and we don't get it. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, you just like, as a kid, you're just like, I see it. You think you're sly and like you're because you're the, the big guy, like you treat us like crap. But uh, Black John Young, I'm proud of you, Sevon. Doesn't land Aww. quite as hard, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, but I, uh, 
I appreciate it. Uh, Seema Boobs, uh, Middle Eastern kids prefer I'm proud of you over I love you. Ah, oh, he tells me he loves me all the time. You can't make the kids happy. He, my dad tells me he loves me all the time. And, and yeah, all I don't I think I love you hits uh, the same. I, I think, like, especially for, like, if my dad says I'm proud of you over I love you, I'm like, ah, anybody can say I love you. Let me ask you this. Are you, you know what I started thinking now that I'm getting older? I'm thinking that maybe our parents want to hear us say we're proud of them. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like now that you have kids, doesn't it feel like you're looking for validation sometimes from your kids that you did the right thing? I mean, I try to push. I don't want them to see that. Um, not yet. But but I do want to I do want to make them proud. You know what I mean? Like I went to a hotel swimming pool that was just disgusting a few days ago and I did not want to go in. But I wanted <laughs> to make my kids proud. And I, of course, once I went in and played with them for an hour, I was stoked I did it. But I did it for, like, I do it to make them proud. Oh, 100%. I think, yeah. I mean, I am I am proud of my dad, and I think I tell him all the time. I think that's, before we had kids, one of the things that I said to my wife, because we got, before we got married, I said, what I want you to know, because I actually found CrossFit one month before my wife, we had our first kid. And, and what year was that? Do you remember? 2009. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or wait, damn. I don't know. 2009 or 2008. It was December. It was December, 2009. When I actually, when I did Fran for the first time. Wow. Um, But I told my wife before we were married, I was like, Hey, I just want you to know, I grew up not knowing my mom other than my mom. Like my mom was just a mom. She did what moms do. Didn't, you know, I didn't know what she did outside of being a mom. And she worked, brought home money, put food on the table. Yeah, took she was you. my mom. Yeah, like, yeah. She didn't have a life. She didn't have yeah. friends. She, she was there to serve you. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. And I said that what I want to do is show my kids that there was life outside of being a dad. And I want them to say, like, that's my dad. He's this. He does this. He loves mm. this. He's passionate about this. Because I want them to know that life never stops. That when all of a sudden you get married or you have kids, you get to still reinvent yourself do what you love, be passionate about it and do it. Even though you have other things to do, like take care of kids. So I've always tried to make sure that my kids see me living a life outside of theirs so that they know that they always get to live their life. So you were raised by the school system. I I guess you could say that I went, yeah, I was at eight eight different schools. And and, and you spent a lot of time there. Like, Go in the morning, come home late. Yeah, early on. Are are your kids in school? Yeah. And and how do you how do you feel about that? Do, do they do you do you, do you like um do you like the way the school systems in Indiana is, is raising them? Uh, my kids don't. They they, <laughs> they say they don't learn anything. There's a lot of wasted time. Um, I think of the school system, especially for like what I do now, is like it's uh it's a glorified babysitter um you know i get time to not have to worry about the kids but ultimately you're still worried but no i think right now the way that information is and how easily accessible it is and what you can do like there's there's school is to me it's just teaching them how to be social it's teaching them how to learn Mm. and what they like to learn um i think that it does teach a lot of people how to be an employee Mm. so i 
like to talk to my kids about like, Hey, have dialogue with your teacher, like ask them questions. It does. There's no right or wrong. Whereas like a lot of times that's what they think. So my kids will step up and she'll be like, I, my teacher said this. And I was like, well, I disagree because of this. And they're like, well, you can't because in the book it's this. And she's like, but I understand there are more ways than that to do it. And I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, that's so awesome. It, it, and, and you kind of nailed it right there. My issue is, is I want my kids to know how to learn. I don't want the school telling them, I don't, I don't, I don't want the school telling them, uh, God, what, what, what's, how, how do I phrase this? Um, I, I want my kids to be able to investigate the, the claims that they make. So if they say, Hey, there's global warming, I want them to be like, Hey, what's global warming? Yeah. And you know what I, I mean? I would say what the school system taught me was that I thought learning ended when you left school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought like, I remember just being like, mm-hmm. all right, when I'm graduating, this is it. I can't learn anything else. I, I had this in my head, like as a late teenager mm-hmm. that I'm done learning. Like I can't learn anything else because there's nobody to teach me. And that's the complete opposite. I've learned pretty much everything since I got out of school. Like I've, yeah. And I learned what I want to learn. So yeah, it was crazy. Like I thought that, um, what did you what What do you do in a boys and girls club? As I was driving, I, I recently just drove from uh, Santa Cruz, California to um, Idaho, which is uh, nor- northern Idaho, like an hour from the Canadian border. And I saw three different boys and girls clubs. And I never I, I'm assuming we have them in California. I just never see them. What do you do at a boys and girls club? What do you do there? So ours was actually like an old school. Uh-huh. And so the there was a big gym, which basically just play. And if enough kids want to do a certain thing like basketball or soccer, or vault, then you kind of do it, play tag. Then there was like a main level of where they had like offices where you just kind of like hang out, talk, sit down. But then the second level was like a cafeteria and they had TV. So Power Rangers was always on. I hated Power Rangers, even though I secretly think I would have liked it. Mm. I was more like weird kids watch Power Rangers. Yeah. And the next level was like all the table games. You had pool and there's that one pool game with the little blocks and you got to go around and get it in the holes uh-huh um, foosball was like my jam ping pong so basically then you just go up there and it would just be like if there's a bunch of kids you ask a kid to play a game do something and you just basically ran around and, and, and then you do that till 5 30 till your mom came and picked you up yep yeah you just yeah and did you play and any or- organized yeah did you play any organized sports yeah so i played pretty much everything uh baseball basketball soccer um i really really fell in love with soccer um early on in young age and then did really really well like till about 12 and all of our stuff got paid for we got picked up by other by coaches and other parents to make sure that we went to the game because or got to practices and games even when we were moving around like an hour away people would come pick us up and take us um me and my uh brother that was a year younger than me so we, we were actually really, really good. And then finally, my family just moved way out in the country. And my stepdad was like, got to play football now. Oh. Have soccer here. And I remember just being like, why would you take away the thing I love just because you don't love it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I re- now I realized he didn't, he didn't take it away, but they wanted to go somewhere. And it just happened to not have what I wanted. Uh, for the, you, have a, you have a programming, you have a company called the Zeus Method. Yep, Zeus Method Training, yep. And uh, Doodle Bob says his programming is phenomenal. What is that? What is the Zeus method? Well, the Zeus method, when I started, uh, it was actually funny. I was on a podcast with Ben Alderman and Blair 
and they introduced me as like the strongest guy in CrossFit. It's like 2016. Strongest guy in CrossFit. If he had a strength program, he would crush it online. And I remember I was like, I already tried a program twice and like I quit. It's and hard, I, right? It's hard, right? Yeah. It's yeah, a lot I of work. Tried, yeah, I tried a couple of them. Well, it's all it's and it's you don't know what the work is until you get into the work. Mm -hmm. It's like anything. Like you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm gonna start a business. And you think that it's just the business that's all you have to do, and that's not true. Um, so after that, I basically was like, all right, I strength is simple to me. Like a lot of stuff, I try to simplify everything. So I was like, well, who's the strongest? What's the strongest thing I can think of in my mind? I was like, Zeus, Zeus. Like, so I was like, all right, I started as a, just a strength program. Like, all right, I'm gonna just help people get stronger, but like simplify strength and started there. And then it was like, people asked for like a little bit more and then more. And it just kind of grew to where now you can actually join and there's like if you are a competitor there's like a competitor boom what you have to do kind of for everything but then it breaks it down to like there's a powerlifting program olympic lifting program there's just met cons there's bodyweight workouts there's i love like six minute like dumbbell and basic workouts for like quick time so there's always a six minute workout there's uh just grunt work where it's just kind of like go there's a thing called cardio lifting where i basically couple lifting because a lot of times when we lift and then we have to do something else, it's well over an hour. So I basically break it down into 20 or 30 minutes where like you kind of couple them all together. You're still building up in weight, but you're kind of getting more fatigued. Essentially it's CrossFit on with lifting on steroids in a sense. Um, and I noticed you have a lot of videos with you just training with the bar. Yeah. So then I just a yeah. 45 pound bar. I saw that and I kind of, I like that. I do a ton of that kind of stuff, just like triplets but just leave weight off the bar. So I, just, so I have to keep moving. Yep. So I created, or I'd, I'd say created, but it's just a bar, but I made it, I called it just a bar and it was maybe 2013 or 14. You know, a lot of times, like as it, for me, it'd be like, all right, I'm done with my training and I'm going to, I got like 10 or 15 minutes or maybe I had to coach a class. I'm like, what can I do? That's fast. That's easy to put away. And I just would start grabbing an empty barbell and I'd look around and be like, who wants to do a workout with a bar? Just grab a bar. And I, probably three or four times a week i would just grab people and more and more people started liking it and doing it and i was like well i could create some cool workouts with just a bar and then boom i do them all the time i've got ebooks with them they're inside the program uh so I, that's why i like it it's simple and people always say they're like oh there's no way that works i'm like what what does work even mean like it doesn't work for what grab it and just try Hey, um, give me an example of just a bar workout. Uh, so great example would be the first one I ever did. And it's so on CrossFit.com, when you started CrossFit, everybody went there and that's the workout you did. I mean, if yep. you go back yep. years, my scores are all in there. Yep. Probably from, I don't even know when. Well, when I first got on there, a 5K row popped up. And I was like, I don't have a rower. Like I can't, a 5K row so as everybody did, you just Google like, what's scaling mm -hmm. for rowing? Well, what's the scaling for a 5K row? You're asking me? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. 500 empty bar sumo deadlift high poles. Oh. So one, one sumo deadlift is 10 meters. So I was like, I got to do 500 sumo deadlift high poles. And I did it and it took me like 22 or 23 minutes. And I remember I woke up the next day and I was like, I can't even move. 
Well, it was a rest day the next day, and then the next. And your traps out. probably felt kind of amazing too. Great oh, soreness, right? Like, Just so, so someone touched them and they hurt. You're like, yeah. yeah. I was like bodybuilding. What? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. But two days later, it popped up again. And I redid it and I did it in like 19 or like I was two or three minutes faster. Wow. wow. And I remember just being like, dang, this is like great data and great testing. Um, so that was like my first experience with like all I did. It was 20 minutes and I yeah. was posted. Yeah. So it was just it was always in the back of my head as something to like, oh, I can always use that thing. <laughs> like, I, I, I never I you know, I never had um, top end strength like uh, like you did, but. I also did notice that just using the bar made it so that I could pretty much maintain close to all my PRs. So if I was injured and I just started using the, like I injured my shoulder once and I just started using the bar, I would only use the bar overhead. Yep. And in my press was 135, just a strict press. And then a year later when my shoulder's better, I did strict press and I could still do 135. I didn't lose any because I still kept greasing that groove. Oh, and that's what you know I what I mean? Yeah, the move you can keep your movement the same. Like I, I, I love it for technique work too. I used it all the time as warmups. Like a five minute, just grab a bar, five minutes, you know, five movements of three reps, and you notice in two or three minutes people are setting the bar down. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, You're like oh, it's really hard. I'm like, okay. So you see real quick, like it doesn't take much, but it helps so much in technique work too. Just it's I always say to people. Most of the time you don't get enough reps because you get too tired. Like a, the beauty of a PVC pipe is I can do a thousand reps and teach you. I can, we can watch a thousand different reps, which is just so much more practice that we get. Even if you use a bar, like eventually you get fatigued. So the goal is how can we get more without you getting so tired or, you know, so we can increase and improve and get better feeling through movement. So I love a bar for that for me. And that's why I would also transition to a PVC pipe when I would get too tired. Uh, I do a lot of Nick empty barbell workouts, quick pump. Um, uh, Nick, you, you said twice you, you started programming and you, and you failed and you had to go back to the drawing board. What did you learn from that? And, and what's why, why, why are you not failing this time? Um, what I learned was most. So whenever we get a job, what we're essentially doing is work that somebody else didn't want to do. So what I had to think was, all right, what is the work that I don't want to do? And that was what was holding me back. And I hated inputting workouts, hated it. Yeah. Probably somebody, somebody's had somebody like a one-on-one -on -one coach that sends them workouts. And I bet you money one week, they didn't send you workouts. And you're like, Hey, I didn't get my workouts. And they're like, ah, cause they just didn't do it. It's the, it. so for me, it was like, I stopped inputting them as far in advance. It's like, Oh, if I just put them out way out in advance then it'll be okay. But then that catches up. And then next thing you know, boom. So I would just stop. So when I got back, I was, I was literally in my gym and I was like, how can I do this? And there was a, a guy in there that I knew trusted him. He was a police officer and a SWAT officer. And I just walked up to him and I was like, Hey, I want to start a programming company. I don't make any money. I don't like to do inputting of workouts and kind of like just kind of let know like two or three things I wasn't a fan of. I was like, would you do it? I was like, but here's the thing. I don't have any money. How about I'll just give you 10% of whatever I make and you do all that for me. I'll just create everything. I'll send it over to you. You input it into the app and we're good. And he was like, me? What? He was like so happy that I asked him that I was like, wow, 
this is something I would have never wanted to ask anybody because I'm like, oh, I'm asking for something and I have no money to give. Right, right. He was like so excited, like, let's do it. What are you going to call it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I sent him workouts. He input them and I was like, dang, wow, that's, I hated that. So I hired out what I hated. Right. And all because I was like, man, that's all employers do. They hire out what they don't want to do. And do yeah, full circle. Do. What you, I, did, I didn't know where you're going with that, but we do the work that someone else doesn't want to do, and you found someone to do that. Yeah. You, you know what's funny is um, I got contacted by Sugar Wad a few years ago, and they said, hey, I think it's Sugar Wad, or one of those. I, I forget what it is, but and they said, hey, we don't have any kids programming. You should do some kids programming for us. So I, I, I filmed just 50, I filmed 50 workouts and um then did write-ups on all of them and then i had to input it <laughs> and dude i i fucking hated it dude i it's you're so right i hated it and these people who do programming every day i sometimes that's the biggest thing i it's, it's funny you say that that's i didn't i knew it but i had never verbalized it and that's why i never did 50 more it sold really well but i just never did 50 more i'm like i'm not doing that again and I enjoyed every other process of it, working out, having my kids do the workouts, writing the workouts, staying with this equipment or that equipment. I loved all the creativity. I loved holding the camera. But fuck, dude, the input, you're right. It That's is. what I loved. I loved almost every other aspect of it. Yeah. But it, it, it's hours. And how long have you had it up now? So it was 2016. So it, it'll be coming up on eight years. So you have a crazy robust library. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and where, yeah, where, where does it live? So it lives, um, I have my own, so I have it on train heroic, a lot of like the set programs, but I have my own app, Zeus method training. And what's really cool about it is that every day there's 10 programs that get loaded in daily for you. So, and they're all labeled, so you can choose whatever one you want, but then also there are plans and I've got, so what I basically did is I have so much, that I can create plans on my app. And if you click plans, there's about 50 plus four to eight week programs that you can just click. It's like, you just want CrossFit. You just want high intensity bodybuilding. You want swole, which is a dumbbell program I made. You want these things and you can follow like part one, part two, part three and click and it'll run through for your six weeks. And then they'll be like, all right, here's what you should do next. But yeah, I just, I can put all these plans. So when you go in, it's not that you just get these daily workouts. You also get the option to choose through all this other stuff. In videos like this, I'll upload any videos that I make in there, and you can just go to videos, and they're archived, and you can just watch the video on mindset or on how to train for EMOMs if you're trying to improve on strength or technique, stuff like that. So it's, it's basically thousands of hours of your work, and it just keeps compiling over yeah. the years. And I've only had the new app for a few months, so I'm still – I'm basically having like my sister and I've got a guy that does all my inputting and I just send them stuff and they just keep inputting them and I just relaunch and put new ones in every single month, new programs. Tell me about this app. Uh, how did you find out about this app? Like how did you find out about why – did, why did you pivot to your own app? Um, so I wanted my own app a while ago. I've, I've probably tried 10 different ones. Um, and there's always something I didn't like. Uh, and I finally started hearing about like, oh, you can like create your own app and whatnot. And there was, I can't remember the tribe. I think it was tribe. I was with them and they were like, Hey, I told them I want to get my own app. They're like, Hey, we can do it for you. So they did it. I wasn't a fan of it. It didn't, 
the experience wasn't very good for people. So I started researching and people won't use it if the experience isn't good. Correct. Yeah. They just it won't. matters a lot more than yeah. I think people think it matters yeah. less than you think, but also more. It's weird. Like it just depends on the person. Yeah. But the experience has to be like Snapchat and TikTok. I've, I spent like five minutes on each of them and then I just deleted them off my phone because <laughs> that was the attention span I had to enjoy the experience. Like I didn't want to read. I didn't want the learning curve. So I'm just, I'm just like stuck on the old man Instagram. Oh, uh, but you don't need all social media stuff. Gosh. But, but you know I, what I mean? Just, just yeah, along 100%. those lines, like if the app's not working for me, I, I'm not. Yeah. Correct. So I found out. So I researched even Twitter, dude, even Twitter. Sorry. Even Twitter Twitter's one that I struggle even, with. Even Twitter. I'm like, how come every time I want to read other people's comments, it's asking me to comment. Like I haven't even figured out what buttons do what there. I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck is Twitter? Yeah. Exactly. Twitter. I try it sometimes and I'm like, I don't get it. Well, I had a company exercise.com basically build out my app. Um, which is cool because they can, I can like tweak things and change things as I want them. So I basically like kind of have opened it up and I'm just asking for like feedback. Um, so I'm constantly tweaking and changing. And that's, what's nice about it. I can change how things are labeled, what shows up where I can add new groups. I've done like some challenge stuff. I've just, I'm constantly trying to evolve and make it uh, a better experience. And your sister and your other dude, they know how to do it too. They like, they know how to input, they know how to input the stuff. Mm -hmm. um and do all that and yeah they they like it and they give me good feedback um i have a few different employees that will help with it some of them i don't want them to touch it just do what you do uh but yeah no like it's a it's super simple to do a lot of the stuff for me on the back end and it looks really really good for people nick what's the best you ever did at the games uh individual yeah. 20th as a master i won it the 35 in 2019 and then 20 they canceled everything uh congratulations on 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 that that's that's fucking really cool that you you got a title it's insane um when you look back at those sports that you did the football basketball soccer all that stuff um which one do you think transferred the most to crossfit which one do you think you're like oh this is the one that gave me the foundation that was most utilized? Ooh, I've never been asked that question. That's a good question. I think it was like a lot of things. Each one compounded. I think soccer made me a better football player. Mm. I mean, required a lot of details. And I think the work ethic I got in the weight room because of football, um, obviously allowed me to see like, Hey, you work really hard. Um, good things happen. Doesn't you're not guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed the result that you want. You're not guaranteed to win anything, but I can guarantee you I'm going to put in everything I possibly can so that the result is more in my favor. And yeah, so I would say that it was more of just the fact that I did so much um, that what all those taught me is that the basics and the fundamentals are the most important and constantly go back to them. So that's why just a bar is such a big thing. I did that while I was training all the time. Just what movement? What movement? Just like a just a bar. What's a just a bar? Just a bar, just an empty bar. That's what I call it. Oh, just oh, 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 just a bar. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, so like same thing. Like I, whenever I coach a lot of people, I always say like with movements, example, like a burpee, create it to be like a dance step. So it should be every single rep should look the exact same. Just like if you're doing a two step. So every thing that you do has to be calculated and broken down in so that way you never have to think while you do it you're just it's this con like you just have this habit established and then inside of the habit you can then start to see things that don't align 
that don't add up. If I start a lift the same way, well, that should never change. So then it, that can no longer be the problem. The problem now has to be somewhere else. And then I can break down and make every little area smaller so that I can fix, critique, and improve on whatever that is. So, so if, 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 if let's say um, uh, on, on a one to 10, you do soccer and it converts to CrossFit as a seven and football cross uh, converts to CrossFit as a seven, then mm -hmm. you're saying you do both of them and then they both get elevated. They complement each other and they both convert as an eight. I know yeah. that's a pretty rude example, but you're saying that, that you can get more out of each one because you could do because of what you got from all of them. They yeah, all like kind of all... got me. Soccer got me really good with my feet, lateral movement. Um, How about your engine? I always think of Miko Salo in soccer versus Katie Henniger in basketball. She was in, you know, she was a powerhouse in the four minute domain. And, and whereas uh, 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 Miko Salo could do it all right. Yeah. That, that that soccer kind of transferred more. Yeah. So that's where I think it's tough because I finished college football and I had broke my back for a second time, like right when I was in college, finishing out college. And I basically said, I'm never lifting again. Like I'm done lifting. So to me, all that was left was doing long distance stuff. So I signed up for a half marathon and I started running half marathon. So I got down to about 160 pounds and was fast, like fast at like I could run. I could run 10 miles. You got down to 160 pounds. Sorry. I, I saw this yeah. comment and I'll bring it up in a second. You got down to 160 pounds after you broke your back in, in college. Yeah, but I did that, but I got down. So I was like 210, did that. And then was maybe like 190. And then I started running heavily, like. Like six miles, miles a day shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. 10 miles a day. Wow. Yeah. So I would do that. And then that got me down to about 160 ish. And I would, I could run a seven minute mile for 10 miles. Wow. Like, so when I came into CrossFit, it was, it was that person coming in. I was 167 when I decided I wanted to like go in on CrossFit. Oh, that's fascinating. Hey, let me, let me go back for a second. I, I, I want to talk about your back breaks. I want to hear about both those two, but um, do, do you think it's, this is a big question. Uh, do you think it's easier to build engine or strength and do you think uh, – what play does age have in it? Like when you start building your engine or when you start building your strength? Engine for sure. And I think It's harder it, to build? Engine's harder engine's to build? Engine's easier to build. Oh, easier to build. Yeah. But now that's relative because what I would say is like if we have you know a, a, a top potential of like where can you get to, it's easier to push – to get to 60 to 80% in your engine than it is to get to 60 or 80% of your strength. Okay. And I think age plays a role in both, but I think your engine can last a lot longer than your top end strength can. So starting oh, later oh. stronger is going to take, is going to be a lot harder. You, a 40 year old who's never lifted in five years, isn't going to all of a sudden be me. Right. But right. a 20 year old, you give him to 25, he's going to improve quite a bit, but he's also mentally going to know I've got a lot more time ahead of me. A 40 year old is going to be like, well, fuck I'm done. Like, so you already have, what, what about, what about, uh, so, so let me ask you this. Uh, um, if a 40 year old, uh, a four, so, so a 40 year old might be like at, already at the phase of your life where you're just trying to like maintain your strength. Right. Um, so, but you're saying that a 40 year old could significantly increase their mile time. You're 40 and you have a 10 minute mile time. You might get it down to uh, 630 if you work on it for five Way years. faster than taking a hundred than going from a hundred and, 100 pound snatch to a 200 pound snatch right okay all right 
All right. What about something that's easier, like a deadlift? Um, like, by easier, I mean requires less technique. I think that a lot of that comes back to like we were talking about. What what did you do? So what does your past look like? Because example, somebody who never has deadlifted but yet played football, played an explosive sport, um, was wrestling all the time, or doing things that built up natural strength, or picking or even a up. contractor, dude who's unloading yeah, plywood yeah, out of the back of a truck farm. eight hours a day. Yeah, okay. yeah. So people we underestimate. So like a lot of times, like in CrossFit, people come into the gym, they're like, "God, that guy beat me. He's never even done this before." And it's like, "But what's he done?" Right. You know, right. so I think you, the older, the, the older that we are, the more we have to look back at what we've done to establish where we can go. Whereas I think right. when we're young, we have, we don't have that in front of us. We get to establish what that is. The, the six foot two, 140 pound, 50 year old <laughs> electrician that comes into your gym all of a sudden can do the pegboard, even though he's never done it before. Yes. And it's because exactly. he's been fucking pulling wires his fucking whole life. And he's a fucking stick. Exactly. He smokes a pack of cigarettes a day, but the pay owns the pegboard. Great. Okay. You want to know the perfect example of that? So, yeah, please. And I've seen shit like that. I've seen like a, the plumbers come in and you're like, what the fuck? This, you know so, what I mean? so I went to a gym uh, and I, it was one of my first times going to a gym, walked in and it was Diane, 21.59, deadlift, 225 for guys, 155 for women and handstand pushups. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, okay, let's do this workout, whatever. So I do the workout and I finish it in like four minutes and 20 seconds. Wow. And everybody's jaws are on the, they're like, and I'm like, what? They're like, we've never seen that before. And I was like, seen what? I mean, those deadlifts were so heavy. And they're like, no, you just did all the handstand pushups strict and unbroken. And I was like, huh? They're like, people don't do that. And I was like, those are easy. Mm. They're like, what do you mean? And I went up and I did 30. Mm -hmm. And I came down and I was like, what? They're like, uh, people can't even do one. Yeah. So I called my brother up and I was like, Mitch, hop up on the wall and tell me how many handstand pushups you can do. And he did 30 and he's like, 30. And he doesn't work out a ton now. Wow. And I was like, people say that that's hard. And it's that kind of stuff. Like it's, uh, I used to kick up, I used to walk on my hands all the time. I wasn't a gymnast, but I would play. Like boys and girls club shit. Just yeah. being a kid, you were doing that. Kick up on the wall and just try to hold as long as possible against another kid. I didn't know it was going to transfer over into handstand pushups. And that's why I think a lot of times what people don't understand. And I started trying to think of this when I first started competing. It's not about doing one movement to try to get that movement better. It's what I call transfer of movement. What's one thing you can do to make a hundred things better. Oh, And if you can find that, you can exponentially improve in less time, but not just less time, but you also have more time to then improve on other things. Cause some things you have to just do like a double under, you got to be able to figure out how to do that. But a pull up, a chest to bar, a bar muscle up, a ring muscle up, a rope climb, a legless rope climb, a pegboard, all of those, you can find the one that will improve them all. And a pegboard and a legless rope climb will make your pull-ups better. They'll increase the stamina and the endurance you have on your arms. I stopped for a couple of years doing pull-ups because I was doing so many pegboards. But they would improve so many other things inside my training. God, the pegboard's great, isn't it? Oh, it's phenomenal. I phenomenal. fucking lo I lo I love a pegboard. Tell me about the um, broken back thing. How did you break your back the first time, and how old were you? I was at a concert. I was oh, Nelly. Eight, I was 18, I think, 17, 18. Cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. 
Was there cocaine involved? No, there was no cocaine involved. It was, uh, I was in a mosh pit Mm -hmm. and one of my buddies was on the side. And when I had my back turned, he just speared me. Your buddy. Mm -hmm. Did you know in real time that something bad happened? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes. Like I knew, but like, I didn't want to act like it. And so you woke up in the morning and you were just like, Oh shit, I can't move. move. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it definitely affected. I actually put on weight after that from not moving and just like eating like crap. Um, so which vertebrae did, did, did what? L5. Did two of them come in and chip it? I don't really, I, I was never like told how it happened, but it was, you know, the Scotty dog. No. Scotty dog. Oh, the kind of a dog that's a Scotty. Like those. Scot- ones so it looks like a Scotty dog with a collar. So when it breaks, it breaks the vertebrae on the end. So it makes it look like the collar of a Scotty, a Scotty. Oh, dog. So they call it Scotty Dog. Um, and, and that you just and they didn't do it. When I broke my back, they didn't do anything. They just like, hey, you got to just chill. But I yeah. remember not knowing it was broken. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh, fuck, I can't move. I actually never went anywhere or told anybody. Wow. So I actually found out I broke it the first time. The second time I broke it. And how did you break it the second time? So that was off season of football. We were doing um, max rep at like 80% of your max back squat. And we had catchers. So if you don't know what a catcher is. It's like be inside of a squat rack cage and there's those metal bars that come across. So when you go down, it basically would catch the weight. So failure for most people means when you feel like you can't do another one, you stop. That's most people. I like, no failure to me was I'm going to actually fail because you at, you told me to fail. That's what I'm going to do. And I, failed and when you fail and you think you actually have some support in a catcher you just like relax so i was going up failed and just relaxed somebody had pulled the catchers out before so it just squashed me it was about 425 basically folded you in half it stayed on yeah so i was like it was on my back still and i was folded over just like this and they had to like i couldn't do anything and i was just stuck there and they had to get it off did you know at that point something oh, bad happened? Oh, that one was yeah. bad. That one I like. I laid on the ground, and I like kind of like rolled out of the side. It was like the last set, and they all just thought like, "Oh, he's tired," and like, "Oh, whatever." And we had to do like planks, and they put weight on your back, and I was like, "Don't you dare touch me, or do anything to me." And we had to be at physical therapy or like the trainer's room by uh-huh. four a.m. Otherwise, you were considered healthy. Like, so if you didn't make it by four a.m. So I basically was like, guys, get me there. So I had people carry How old me. were you? 21. Co- college football. Yeah. So they basically got me there and I went there um, and they were like, okay, well, you know, let's just wait. Because again, it's college th- trainers. You know, they're all just like, oh, we're doing this because whatever. It was about two weeks later and my strength coach was like, Nick, stop milking it, man. Like, come on. He's like, I know you're, you want to be here. So I was like, I can't move. I, I can't. And they were like, really? So I went in and they're like, let's get an extra. And they got an extra and they're like, you rebroke it. And I was like, rebroke it. They're like, yeah. And they showed me and they're like, you can see, see, here's where. Oh, the exact same one. L5 again. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yep. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah. So basically like you need to start, you need to take these, like just basically that, whatever they gave me, they're like, you got to do all this stuff. Basically you're in the bed. So that one was more serious. Um, and it Did took they give a while. you a shitload of Vicodin? No. Uh-uh. No. 
Oh, they did, but I didn't take it. Oh, I remember that was the coolest thing about having my back broken. That was my introduction to Vicodin. I was like, whoa, this stuff's crazy. I had this really bad mentality that like if my body wants me to feel the pain, it's the re- it's a reason it wants me to feel it. Yeah. So yeah. I like that's yeah. I'm like I don't because I remember I broke my arm one time and I remember I was like mooning around. And I was like, whoa. And they're like, I don't think you should do that. And I was like, well, how do I know? I can't, I'm going to do something. So then I was like scared. So that's what made me like, okay, if, if, if the pain is there, it's going to limit me from what I, I shouldn't do. How many bones have you broken? You broken your back twice and your arm once arm once collarbone. I broke a week before the open in 2011 and I made the games. Wow. It's on YouTube. Was it setting a bar down on it in the front rack? Oh, it was the last rep of Fran. Oh, pulling the bar down. Oh, I was doing the last pull up and I flew off the bar and flipped upside down and broke my collarbone. Holy shit. Yeah, that's 2011. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's called Unfinished Fran. Wow. If Caleb was here, he'd pull it up. Holy shit. It was, it, I was on like pace for like 208 because my wife didn't believe me that I could do it. So um, I had actually gotten rabbed the week before at the Arnold Classic. Um, and cause I did a workout against Miko Salo and I beat him in, in Mary. Wow. This was, before, this was 2010 or 2000. This would have been 2011. And it was like with Tommy Hackenbrook. Yeah, that's it. It's the last one. Holy crap. You'll hear my wife scream. You can hear the snap too. Right, two minutes. Come on, no come on, come on, come on. Oh my, oh, and you grabbed straight at it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, when I flipped back over, it popped back in. That was the week before the first ever open in 2011. So so did you get the, did you get your, was that the last rep? Mm-hmm. I was nine. You, oh, it was the ninth rep. I didn't get, get it. No, so you had to do it again? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I waited a couple of days and I hopped back up and just did it. Oh Stop my God. Goodness. Hey, um, when you come off there, did you know that there was a chance? Do you recall? Were you like, oh, I know because it never happened before. Oh, right. You're just like, oh, like I would come off. I don't know. I I just you're so in the zone. Um, You don't even care. That's what they say. You'll die for points. Uh, uh, The burpee dude. uh, Nick did not beat Miko. You can't tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Ask Miko. Um, so, so 2009, you find CrossFit and, um, tell me that story about your first, like, what's that shit over there? So my buddy, uh, when I was running, he was like, dude, you're not a runner. Stop. Like, you got to check out this CrossFit thing. And he was the guy that was like in the internet trying to find every cool training program. He would just send me stuff. And he's like, you got to check out CrossFit. Well, I thought it was like aerobics. I was like, I'm not doing aerobics. Come on, man. And I just kind of like brushed him off. And it was about a couple months later. He's like, dude. Because you saw the classes and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a jazzercise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. So he basically is like, dude, I'm going to come over. I'm going to bring a video and you're going to watch it. And it was 2008. Every second counts. Oh, wow. So he, he brought the in, DVD over. He brought, he brought the VHS. Wow. Wow. So he brings it over. He pops it in. And I'm like, this is real. Like I can do this. And he's like, yeah, man. Like dude, this is what you should be doing. And I was like, oh, like I would, my mind was blown that this was like a real thing. Cause he would find all this underground stuff. And I was like, what? And the winner gets $2,500. <laughs> <Yeah. What? laughs> like, 
Oh, so then I like, then I dive down the hole and I'm like, all right, how do you start CrossFit? And if anybody started like pre, I don't know, 2010, 2011, maybe it was like, you got to do Fran. Yeah. So I was like, what's Fran? I look it up and I'm like, what's a good Fran time? And had you like, ever even seen a thruster at that point? Um, no, but I'd done enough lifting to like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's just a front squat and a go overhead. Like, right. Okay. But, no, but you'd I, never seen it before that. Cause I had never seen it before I, that. So I had a coach when I was a, when I was a junior in college who all of a sudden our training looked way different. It was like shorter and there was other stuff. And he now owns a CrossFit gym. And he was like, dude, you were doing CrossFit your junior year in college playing football. Wow. And okay. So there was like, we were like snatching with like 195 and then going over and doing like strict pull-ups and then doing that for like five sets or five rounds, but there was like no rest. So I do recall like a lot of that. And I remember being more tired. So I watched the video. I decided I'm going to do Fran. I have the P90X pull-up bar in my basement mm. and I have one of those like 10 pound really spinning, like those spindle bars where you got to like spin the weights on. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I'm like, all right. So I put one it was like 107 just because I couldn't find the right weight or 103. I think I'm like, Oh, I'll go heavier. Like it. Yeah. Right. right. You work out. Yeah. So I did it and it took me six minutes and 47 seconds. Wow. And I, crawled. and probably all strict. You probably did it all strict back then. I right? was trying, I was trying you were to trying. Like kick around. I crawl up the stairs and I was like, it hurts. I, it was like new pain. I'd never felt. And I looked at my wife who was eight months pregnant and I'm like, that's legit. I'm all in. Like, I'm never looking back. I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to make it to the games. Wow. And she was just like, okay. what? That wasn't even long. What'd you do? I was like, Fran. <laughs> so that was the start. Of and, that my- was, and, that, and that was what year? 2009? 2009. Yeah, wild. And then, and then how long before, what was the first year you went to the games? 2011. Crazy. And, and the games were in um, Carson at that point. Yeah, yeah, that was the, yeah, yep. Because I did sectionals in 2010. So basically when that happened, I was like, I started researching numbers and what people are lifting. And I was like, shoot, I got to lift. So I have to fix my back because my back was still a problem. This is, I was 25 at the time and I was still having back issues. I had rheumatoid arthritis. They were like, you can't, you shouldn't be lifting. You shouldn't be doing any of this stuff. So I basically did my own research and was like, how can I fix my back, like what would be the problem? And it was, just, everything came back to like, you have a weak core, you have a weak lower back, you have this. So I'm like, what's the best way to strengthen a back? It's like deadlifting, but we never deadlifted in, in football, never mm-hmm. deadlifted at all. So I didn't mm-hmm. even really know how. So I just researched the most basic way to build up strength in the deadlift. And it was just starting strength, which is a five by five. And I just increased every week. I started on a Tuesday and we started really light and just taught myself how to pull off the ground. Like I get myself in a square. When you say you started light, what did you, what's that? So my deadlift at the time was maybe three something that I could actually like, like between three thirty five and three fifty five. So I started at like two fifty five to two sixty five for five. Okay. And I just would do five reps on a Tuesday, and then the next Tuesday I would do five reps, five pounds heavier. And it wasn't a five by five. It was like, all right, I hit two fifty five last week. That means on Tuesday I got to do two sixty for five. And then on that Tuesday, I would do 260 for five. Then it's like, all right, next week, I got to do 265 for five. And if it didn't feel like enough, I would just hit a couple sets. And every week, I just added five pounds with the goal of improving how I pull off the ground, like get better at pulling, 
focus on your back. Like you can't have pain, but then sometimes my back would hurt and I wouldn't be able to do it that week. And I'd have to come back. And I think the process you would go back, you would go back, you take five pounds yeah. off. No, I no, I'd go back. Like I would go back to that same weight and just like, all right, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. I got to practice this. I got it. Whenever Why I'm didn't you give up? Why didn't you just be like, Hey, uh, cause that's what I did. I was like, Hey, I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up. I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to do other movements. I think because I, I, or I'm going to go really, really light now. I believed it would work. You did. And I believed it would work. And I think I was so caught up in like, I'm going to, I'm want, I want this. I didn't you know. Your eye, you had your eye on the prize. Yeah. So, cause what I've thought about was, all right, as long as I'm not going backwards, like obviously it hurts every week. So what if I can make it hurt every other week? What if I can make it hurt every third week? every fourth week. So my goal was if, if it hurts once every five days, what if I can get it to hurt once every six, but if it starts hurting every fourth or third day, I should reevaluate what I'm doing. So it was more about trial and error in that. And eventually it took a year and a half and all my back pain. It was about a year and a half later. I realized it'd been like six months since I'd had a back issue. Wow. So hey. I went and got x-rays. I changed my diet. I changed everything, got x-rays and they were like, you have no arthritis. Everything looks great. Uh, Matt Burns, I think I'm going to, I'm going to train, uh, Sevy, it's cause he's not a pussy. That that's kind of what I think what he's saying. Not yeah, Yeah. I, thanks, Matt. I, yeah, you don't need to correct it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. He's, he, well, he's definitely not a pussy. Um, what about this phenomenon? Uh, um, Nick, what about that phenomenon where your back hurts? So my back used to hurt and then I would work out anyway yep. and then it would feel better for like five hours. And then as I cooled down, the pain would set back in. Did you, did you deal with that a lot? Yeah. 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 But it was, it, it's, I think we all kind of know there's sometimes where it's, it's that numbingness almost where it's like, I'm just used to this. Yeah. So for me, it was always, all right, if I'm used to this, then I got to kind of work through it. And the goal is to find improvement. So for me, it would be like, if I found improvement for five hours, it'd be like, all right, it better be six next time mm. or mm. at least five. Like I, I just can't go backwards. My whole mm. thing was like, if I am where I am, goal is to go forwards. But like, if I stay here, I just have to ask, like, what could I improve on? What could I change? Uh, and for me, it was learning how to pull like your first rep. I think a lot of people, especially a deadlift example, they, if they pull one, they can do two. Like they don't know how to pull for a one rep. A true one rep is like, you can't do a second one, especially in CrossFit. We can, somebody pulls one, they do a five rep. They're like PR my one rep and my five rep. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how. And, and I was like that. So that if you're doing that, that means you really don't know how to pull. Not your first initial pull off the ground, correct? Yeah. Um. Uh, can you explain? Is there is there anything you can just tell me now about the first pull that like I that I could glean off of you that I could be like, okay, this it's not a pull. All you got to do is lock your back in place and push down on the ground as hard as you can. And I always press against the bar, like push as hard as I can away from the bar, even on my Olympic lifts because you got to lock out. That's just a lever. It's not doing anything. So a lot of times uh -huh. we put tension on our biceps and our arms. So yeah. I just boom. And my whole goal is to get my back set like this. And I just, it's got to look one straight line, just going straight up. So my back is just locked in. And as I drive through the ground, as long as I don't let my chest drop, keep my chest hard and I just stand. Slowly. So it's not only, it's not only a cue for you. It's a practice push off the ground. Yep. So I would get in a square, like, you know, a, a square in the gym. And I'd pretend like it was an, it was an elevator that I was holding onto a bar. Kind of like you ever seen those bars at like at a farm where it's like a pipe. And it kind of goes down the ground on both sides. 
No, I've never even been no, to a farm. So Thank you, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm in California. You're in Indiana. So I've seen a crack it. pipe. Okay, so imagine a crack pipe uh -huh. that goes down to the ground. <laughs> okay, and, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen and, that. You can't, and you can't pick it up, though. So what I'd pretend is I'm standing against something that won't move. So I would grab it, and I'd press against the ground as hard as I can, and I'm not essentially pulling the pipe up. I'm pushing the ground down. Yeah. And, I, and the pipe stays in the same spot or the bar stays in the same spot. So my goal is always the same thing with like going overhead, put your hands on a low ceiling, push as hard as you can down. Nothing happens. But if you jump, you go down. Right. Same thing with jerk. So it was always these weird cues that I tried to create of like, if something can't move, something else has to move. Hey, you ever heard this cue? Spieler gave me this cue once, uh, push your knees back. Like as I was deadlifting, you ever heard that one? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I think that's a natural when you're doing it correctly. Yeah, that's a natural thing. In the deadlift, for me, um, I try to just stay more vertical, like with this clean and the snatch, like hundred percent. Yeah, get your knees back. What for me, it's whatever works for the person. It's all right, right. I'm but I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna switch. I mean, I've tried all the cues. You know, they kind of they. I feel like they go through phases. Yeah, like I feel like I cracked the code on something. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I've been doing the deadlift wrong this whole time. I should be doing it like this. I should be cantilevered over more. And then all of a sudden after a while, I'm like, nah, this something's not right. Yeah. I always just say, you just have to have your shoulders and your hips should stay the same level. So if this is your hips and shoulders, they're just moving like this until the bar is at the knees. And then it's just hips forward, which brings the chest back. It, um, there's this thing that people always will bring up about you. I'm sure you've heard it a bunch of times that you tore, there, there was a shitload of pec tears at, at, at um, at the, at, uh, you were at, um, 2017 central. That, regions. Oh, is it central? It wasn't in Del Mar. Okay. Central regional. No, this was, this was, yeah. I, yeah. This is here. Well, then, it was everywhere. Yeah. They, I mean, I was at the Del Mar one and there was a handful of, of pe yep. pec tears there too, from all the, uh, uh, ring dips. Um, and, and then you went out into the vendor village and you did a 300 pound snatch and everyone's yep. like, how the fuck does that happen? Can you explain that? Have you, have you ever answered this before? Has anyone ever asked you this before? Have you explained Not how you like podcast? Right? Okay. How, how, how can you do, how can you do both? Like, I don't, I, like, I don't snatch 300 pounds, so I don't know, but do you, do you not need your pec to do that? So I, uh, to go back. Yeah. To, so the week, yeah, tell me the story. Yeah. So the week before regionals, um, that was a workout I was super pumped for because I'm like, I'm going to destroy this thing. Cause dips are like kind of like handstand pushups. They're just super easy for me. So I was doing like that workout, doubling the reps, do like all this stuff. And it was the week before I kind of felt like a little tweak in it to where I was like, Oh, that's not good. And then that week, like people started getting hurt on that workout. And I was like, dang. So I basically like, didn't really do anything for that, that week. And I got to regionals with this fear of like, uh Oh, like hopefully I'm okay. And I did the first Isn't workout. that crazy. What a depressing thing. Your thing yeah. that you're best at all of a sudden you're afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird, that that's a, that's a tough it, mindset. Yeah. Well, and it was the second workout. So the first workout I went out and it was a long one and I got like eighth place. So did really well in a workout that people would be like, Oh, that's a horrible workout for Nick. Go out. I'm in the warm-up area before, and I'm doing some dips. I'm like, yeah, I feel good. And I go up on one, and I'm like, uh, there's that pole again. And I jump back up, and I like, I knew that if I went up, it was going to be bad. So I'm like, shoot. Like, it's not horrible, so maybe I can go out and do it. So go on the workout. I run out. I do my 21 snatches on the first one to the rings. I jump up because you got to start at top. 
And I start to go down and I come off the rings and I'm like, dang it. Like it's going to, something's going to happen. So I look, the judge is like, what's wrong? And I'm like, my peck, like something's up. And they're like, don't do anything. And I'm like, what? They're like, be smart, be safe. And I was like, well, I'm going to try. So I jump up, I try again. And like, I'm like, if I do this, like this could be bad. Do you remember who your judge was? No, but they had the head judge come over. I don't think it was Boz. But Bo- actually, Boz probably was there too. But they had three people come over at this point, and they're like in front of me, and they're like, "Nick, chill out." And I said, "Well, what's the minimum work requirement?" And they're like, "21 ring dips." And I'm like, "So what's that mean?" And they said, "If you can't do 21 ring dips, you're no longer allowed to compete." And you'd be out after this after one event, basically. And I said, "So wait a minute, I have to do 21 dips, or I can't come back out on the floor. What if I can do it? The only thing I know I couldn't do." that would hurt it was rope climbs because I tried to like pull and I knew that that would hurt. So I didn't mm-hmm. tear my pec, but I couldn't do 21 dips without really hurting myself. And they wouldn't let me come back out on the floor. So, oh, went, okay. So the workout ended and I didn't get any dips and they were like, they started stopping me. They're like, don't do it. There's too many injuries. Don't do it. So I went in back and I was, and I was like arguing, like, please let me go out and be, I earned my spot and they wouldn't let me go out on the floor and compete. So I had to watch the rest of the events. Well, then a buddy of mine's like, I'm going to go lift over at the USAW. Okay. So, so you only did one dip and it wasn't really a full. I didn't even get it. I didn't even do it. I couldn't cause I, cause you had to start up top and then yeah. go down and on my way down, it was like, it wouldn't even work. So it's a bit of an exaggeration when people tell the story, he tore his peck yeah, and then he did 300 pounds snatch. You didn't tear your peck. No, but they were so concerned because there were so many happening around the world. They were really trying to stop me from trying because again, they I didn't want the story to be people are getting injured at the second event at the cross at the CrossFit semifinals. Yeah, which yeah, because again, it was already kind of hurting. But there was no, I probably could have done five and and hurt myself exponentially worse. But I wouldn't. There was no physically impossible for me to do twenty one dips safely. Like there's there's no way. Are you glad they stopped you in hindsight? No, because I, st- I mean, I couldn't have done it. I, okay. I like, they were just more like, I was getting mad that they were saying what they were saying. I was like, guys, I'm not an idiot. Like I, I it's like, I'm, cu- I'm popping up to the top just to see how I feel and see if I can, but I'm not going to actually go through like 21 is an, ec- all of a sudden 21 became this giant number that was like, I got four minutes. This is impossible. Right. Right. So you needed a minute to do each one. So I couldn't, so I finished the workout and like the next day I tried to do a pushup and I couldn't, like I couldn't do a pushup. Wow. So I'm like, Dang. because of pain or be just, you couldn't just recruit couldn't, the muscle? Like, yeah, pain, pain, pain. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like, I feel like it was, I'm smart enough to know, like if I pressed up, it was just going to make it worse. It'd be like having a hamstring pull and then being like, I'm going to try to sprint again. Okay. Like, it was like that. Like we were like, it's, it's going to hurt. It's obvious. So my buddy goes and he starts lifting and I'm like, well, I can't lift. And I was like, but I'll grab a bar and I clean it. And I'm like, huh, don't feel anything. That's weird. And then I put it over my head and I'm like, wow, I don't feel anything. So I start telling the guys there, I'm like, wow. And they're like, yeah, based on what you're saying, like they're like, it it doesn't affect you. And I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. And they're like, we know, but it happens a lot where this will occur, but like it doesn't affect your Olympic lifting. So I cleaned like 385 and jerked it. Didn't feel a thing. And then I'm like, well, I know I can't snatch. So then I start snatching and I'm like, I don't feel anything. And I hit like 308. Just there in Vendor Village. I I remember seeing the picture of the video back in the day. Yep. Yep. And nothing felt nothing. And again, it wasn't like I didn't, I wish I was out on the floor. Right. Right. 
like, but they didn't let me because the accusation was is that you faked it. Correct. Yeah. Complete horseshit. Yeah, I don't understand that part. And and then and then not only that, it wasn't like I wanted to be not be out there. I wasn't allowed to. The, the accusation that they were at least at the at the one I was at the accu there was a guy there I cannot remember his name Christian Lucero yes the accusation there was is that he was avoiding he wanted to do it to avoid drug tests yes yeah, so, so so then that became the accusation for the the twenty guys that injured themselves that became the accusation for all of them yeah because he actually called me maybe a few months after like this is probably around the games time. And he was like, did you hear? Because I at that point, I never heard anything about like faking or any like nothing like that ever came up. No one's no one's saying that to your face at the regional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody. No. It wasn't until funny how that happens. It, it just shows up on the internet, although the there were ten thousand people that could have just asked you to your face. Yeah, no, but I mean I know I know the only thing that was posted was I believe Castro got a video of it. He posted it. And was like, Nick Urankar tears his peck and then PRs his snatch like on Sunday. And my wife went on and posted and was like, way to support the athletes. Like, Oh. And then he deleted it. Oh, he did? Yeah. So he deleted that. And then it came. So Christian met. Did they test you there? Did they test you? So, yeah. Oh, so you did get tested there. So on Sunday, I finished the lifting. Yeah. And then – Something happened where somebody came up and said something to me. Maybe it was about like, oh, you're faking it. And I remember I looked at my wife and I was like, let's just leave. Like, it's just hard enough already. And like, uh, now I don't, I think it was after the post. I was like, let's just leave. And I'm, we're going to the car and I get a phone call from, I think it was like Alex Anderson. And he's like, Hey Nick, dude, they're looking for you. And I was like, who's looking for me? Like I'm what? And he's like, they want you to come back CrossFit. I'm going to, they want me to give you your numbers. Is that okay? I was like, yeah. So then all of a sudden I get a call and it's one of the judges and they're like, Hey, we need you to come back. And I was like, why? They're like, you, you got randomly drug test. You got randomly chosen to be drug tested. Randomly. It's like, <laughs> it's like noon. It's like noon on Sunday at the competition. So I was like, randomly like, yeah. I'm like, is this because I was lifting? And they're like, I don't really know. And I'm like, yes, I'll answer for you. Yes. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, okay. So I go, I get drug tested right then, and then we go. But that year, I got blood tested. I got tested so much. CrossFit did blood testing on you? Yeah, I got blood tested. They came and to then, your house and did that? I've never even no, heard no, of no, it. No, 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 no. Oh. That was out at, no. It was, it was one of those, like, you're at an event and you get tested. Wow. So then... At this point, I'd been tested so much, and it was kind of a big deal. Like when I was being said stuff, so I was like, "I'm making." And what, it that's all just because of the way your body looks. I think that that's an easy one to look at, but to me, I'm like, what? people aren't I mean, taking steroids to get bigger in CrossFit. They're taking it for an advantage, or it's not steroids. I don't know. I'm not. I'm pretty naive to a lot of the stuff. Like I just, I my mantra was, if I'm not taking it and nobody else is taking anything, then I'm right where I should be. Right, right. If I'm not taking it and everybody else is, then I'm a fucking badass. Right, right, right. But you never are ever going to know. So I would rather live with the I'm right where I should be and everybody's clean than go down this path of like, I can't control that. So I got to the games and I'd been tested so much. And me and Alex Anderson. And what year is this? This is 2018. Okay. So we're walking in to go get like our gear and check in. And the first person at the door is like, Holds me a, hands me a 
envelope and they're like, you've been randomly selected for a drug test. <laughs> and Alex Anderson was like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? This man's been tested so many times. Hey, and what? he's as big as you, right? He's a big dude too, right? He's a big dude too. He's yeah. a brick shit house, right? He's, yeah. He's taller than me. He's weighs more too. And his I body's love- chiseled. His body looked like it was chiseled out of granite too. Oh, dude. He, and he's an awesome, awesome guy. Like super. Yeah. The, and so I basically got tested walking into the games also. And he was so mad. And I remember Fikowski came over and he was like, I just got tested too. And I was like, you another should- guy who's chiseled out of granite. I mean, fuck his body's f- yeah. nuts. I remember the first time I met him was at Wadapalooza and Whole Foods. And we had been talking back and forth a ton uh, online. And he basically was like, we would just joke. We did a lot of like the open stuff together. And I hear like, is that Nick Urenkar? And I turn around and I see this giant sick dude. He's, <laughs> He's big, yeah. This new guy. And I looked at him and I was like, whoa, how are you so big and so weak? <laughs> and he was like, why are you so small? And I was like, I'm big, like strong. Because <laughs> I remember just being like online, he doesn't look like, whereas I look like I'm 6'2", 225. And I'm how five- tall are you? 5'10, 195. My wife says I'm 5'9, but. Okay, so you have, you are the shit. You're like the perfect cross. You have like the perfect CrossFit dimensions. Back in whatever. I don't know. It's probably 5'7 if you go off Frazier. Yeah, probably getting, probably getting shorter. Yeah. Hey, did you see that video with him and Will Tennyson? And Will Tennyson couldn't do one handstand push up. He can't even kick up against the wall. Did no. you see that? No. Fucking what bizarre, did- dude. Wow. No. Be so thankful you found CrossFit. You didn't get into like professional bodybuilding. You think you could have ever gone that way to professional bodybuilding? Um, if you saw me when, before I started CrossFit, I wasn't like shredded. I mean, I always like obviously I did so. Were much you ever when you were a runner? Were you skinny fat? Did you or no? You were. Um, I don't I, know. You're not a good judge anyway because you said 255 yeah. is a light deadlift, so I don't think you're a good. judge. I would say yes. I was skinny fat. There's a picture of me on my honeymoon when I was like running, and I didn't. I thought I was in, I thought I looked good until I looked back at the picture. Um, it wasn't until like in maybe s- uh, 10 months into CrossFit when I like went paleo was like soup that all of a sudden I was like, I remember I lost 10 pounds right off the bat in CrossFit, but in, and I committed to like doing this for six months. Like I'm going to eat this way because it's going to be good for me. And then like, I lost like 10 pounds in three months. And then I put back on all 10 pounds in the next three months but it was like ripped. So whatever I lost, I needed to lose. And then I put back on just pure muscle. So you loved it. You loved that adaptation you were getting from it. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever take your L1? Yeah. And, yeah, and then, and then you opened an affiliate my, and you opened an affiliate too, right? I had two. Yeah. And you don't have those anymore. No. So 2012, I opened up my first affiliate. Um, which actually, it was I was sitting down after the games in 2011 with Don Hasselbeck and Reebok. Oh wow, wow! He, what a I forgot about that dude. That guy was great, right? Yeah. And he was like, he was like, man, Froning's getting ready to open up. He's got his affiliate Mayhem. He should call it like Froning. Why isn't anybody using like their game status? And I remember my wife is like, well, you want to open a gym, right, Nick? And I was like, yeah, I want to open a gym. She's like, well, what can we do? And we were like, well, your first, my games number was zero six one. So my first gym was CrossFit 061 in honor of the first game's number. And 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 and, and that was in Indiana? Yeah. That was uh like Granger South Bend. 
India. And then you opened a second one, so you had two gyms simultaneously? Yeah, so 2016, 15, yeah, 16. A gym was go closing, and I just basically bought it. And then, and now you have no gyms? Yep. So, so tell me about that journey. Too hard, too much work, too time-consuming with, without the return? Uh, just something a young man should do to learn how to run a business? Would you do it again? Give me um, I wouldn't change anything I've ever done because that's why I'm here. Uh -huh. um, I, I, back when I opened the gym, it was what competitive athletes did. They owned a gym and they competed for the games that like, if you go back and look, everybody who was good owned a gym and was trying to make the games. You, so, Tommy, Scott, Rich, Jason. Uh, 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 oh shit. Like, I can't believe I forget the name. What's, what's the chick's name? Uh, she's a 10 time games athlete in SoCal. Um, oh, Becca, Becca. Yeah. Becca Voigt. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, that's what everybody did. And I was like, uh, well, Jeff Tinkshire, Jeff Tinkshire, right? Yeah. Remember him? There's so many. Yeah. I mean, Spieler, right. Every, yeah. Everyone's back. open gym. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that's what you do. You open up a gym and I am like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. And it was mainly like I tell people, I'm like, I, I opened a gym as a hobby. So I had a place to train in an environment that I wanted to create. So I opened the gym in 2012. Uh, it definitely was a lot harder than I thought. Those the first two years was 2012 to 2014. I did everything. I was at the gym from four till nine o'clock. My marriage suffered. I had my first kid, or I had my first kid who was a couple years old, and then had a second during that time. Um, I don't know how I competed at all, and finally got some help. Just lived in the gym though, like it was just lived there started it kind of got it on autopilot where i knew what i was doing it it made enough money for me to be okay but i really couldn't support others which was a part that kind of sucked right you want to like if you have a coach you want to actually like help support them not them support you uh so when i the second gym i was like well the only way i can really make money in like be self-sufficient and actually have an income that's good is i got to do more of these gyms is what i thought so when I bought the second gym, I said, I can't run two gyms. I need to basically have somebody do what I do. I'll be the face of it. I'll do the programming. I'll kind of set up all the systems, but I need somebody to, to run this. And a guy at the gym was like, I'll do it. I've ran businesses. He wasn't working at the time. So he did it and it, it just didn't work. Kept it for five years, never took a penny from it and ended up having to pay to close it in oh, 2021 oh wow you had it for a long time yeah it was like i just held on because like did you close both at the same time no so i sold the second one so during when covid hit i was struggling it'd been a few years where i was like what's next like i'm i, I made the games at 34 in 2018 and got 20th my wife Crazy. was like my wife was like you can't because i wanted to go individual again I was like, I'm getting better. I'm ready. Like, uh, and she was like, how much money do you, you made? I made $10,000 getting 20th. And she was like, how much could you make if you won the masters? You're going to be 35. And I was like, well, it's 25,000. But what if I did team? And then she's like, well, what's a team get? And I was like a hundred thousand split four ways. Yeah. Is that really it? That's what yeah. the winning team gets. Wow. So I was like 25 and she was like, what's the likelihood that you win with a team? And I was like, I don't know. So I did Wadapalooza with Thori um camille mm -hmm. and uh travis williams and we got like third and i remember i was sixth i wasn't giving much input and i was like 
this is three other minds that like think that they have all the answers. And then you, if you threw me in there, this would be a shit show. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I'm going masters. And I told my wife, I was like, all right, I'm going to go that route. And when 2020, did you guys I, fight at Wadapalooza? Did you guys, was there like yelling and shit? It was like in like the practice stuff. Yeah. 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 It was like, who could pick the right strategy? I don't know. It was, it was, I wasn't saying much cause I was not feeling well. So it was just like kind of being like that outside person watching it. Like, yeah. Watching Camille and uh, the Doter and uh, Travis brawl it out. That's awesome. <laughs> no, That's awesome. Who was the yeah. most stubborn? It was Camille the most stubborn. Uh, I would say Camille and tr- Travis. I think Thor was like, Meh, but it was Travis and Camille, I would say, would be the two. Be my God, I, th- we need to, to mic that up. That's too bad we don't got that on tape. Yeah, I mean, look at that. So uh, when – at this point, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's next because I'm not going to compete forever. Obviously, I'm like, th- I'm thinking I am, but really I know, like, I'm not. But then this gym's not going to support the lifestyle I have. My wife had quit her job, and she was at the gym, and then she was helping out the other gym. She was trying to figure out what she wanted to do, and then – Next thing you know, I getting ready to qualify for the games. COVID hits, they shut everything down, and I'm like lost. And that's when my dad apologized. Mm. It was around that time. Mm. And this this whole like everything just left me. Like this wave of you're okay. Mm. And the fire to compete left. Wow. Just gone. I didn't want to be at the gym. I didn't want, like I wanted to train and work out how I wanted to train and work out. And I started creating these programs where like, I'm like, I just want to do stuff with dumbbells. So I created this thing called Swole and I was doing, people were like, wow, this is really cool. And I was just having fun, getting more on the business side. And people at my gym started, both the gyms were like, you need to do this, 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 tell me all these things I have to do. And I remember just being like, but I'm happy. Like, I'm really happy. And I was happy then too. So I had to start telling people like, if what I, if, if what I'm doing doesn't make you happy and it's not giving you what you came here for, you can leave and that's okay. You're not getting what you wanted. And I had to start having all these conversations. And I realized that other people's expectations, which I was getting a lot of are just what they want from me. And I realized that I'm, it's okay for me to want stuff. It's okay for me to not want to have to be there. Mm-hmm. So during COVID, I basically said, I'm going to coach my coaches. I'm going to let them be the head of this thing because now I've got like my online programming. I'm starting to feel good. I'm like, I want to stop paying myself from this gym and I want to let other people do what they want to do and love on it and teach them what I know to help other people. I so was COVID good for you, Nick, because of online programming? Awesome. It was fantastic. fantastic. Oh, that's good to hear. Okay, good. Yeah, it was awesome. So what I ended up doing was I created the gym to become a business. I stepped outside of it. All I did was run the numbers. I did the programming. And within six months, I was getting a lot of lot of upsetting emails and calls, um, messages from people. And within six months, people started talking to my coaches. And they started like looking up to them and seeing leadership in them, exactly what I wanted. And I didn't go in the gym for about a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. So I, I struggled a lot, but then like, kind of like found like, wow, it's okay. Like, it's okay. 
there, there was nothing wrong with that. And I wasn't doing anything wrong by making other people upset. They needed to be okay too. And I was okay. And once I started doing that, eventually they were upset because you weren't coming in there. They're like, they viewed you as like the leader of the gym. Yeah. yeah, Okay. I was, I was the best coach. I they were bitching about everything going. The bathroom wasn't clean. This coach said this to me. This, they didn't, they came two minutes late today. Just in your life, dudes. Why aren't you coaching my class more? I want you. Right. Right. And because the discrepancy between coaching was big. Like I care so much and want to see everybody like get the most out of them. And when I realized like the coaching, everything else was down here. I'm like, well, what if I help bring that up even just a little bit and I make it same across the board and I remove myself. And when I did that, one of the younger guys was like, man, I want to own a gym one day. And I was like, really? I was like, come in my office. And we started talking and I was like, well, I'm designing this to where like, it's no longer about me. It's about the community and the community is not going to change. And what you can deliver is not going to change. So over like two years, I started letting him do some programming. We didn't tell anybody. And then after a couple months, it was like, Hey, he's doing the programming. It was, you know, he started working for me online. So, cause I explained to him like, Hey, you're not going to make like, here's how much money you should take. If you get the gym, I want to help you on the other side. You work for me. I'll pay you this. You can do this. Let's help design this gym, set up systems for you. And then eventually we got to a point where he tried to get an SBA loan. He couldn't. I found an investor who was kind of like, ah, I don't know, this might be too much. And then I found another investor for him inside of the gym that basically went in with him and they bought the gym for me and we closed in August last year. Is it still, is the gym still going? Same exact name, nothing changed. We did an equity sale. So it's just like nothing changed. Same coaches, everything stayed the same. That's it. Yeah. And everyone feels good about it. Fantastic. It's, it's yeah. People that had left because I was there came back. <laughs> that's awesome i love the way you say that so yeah, i'm leaving <laughs> come on man and there's nothing wrong with that like it's not no like, i agree i agree yeah, you're so just you're, like, you're so mature about it the way you say it i just like it yeah so it's moved just, out of my house my ex-wife came back <laughs> so but what and so then like getting it was kind of like that was the next release of like okay um yeah and then i got into like real estate bought some rental properties um, do like Airbnb and my wife loves that. She then got into real estate. So like, it's just really cool. Like, um, I love, I live everything in like five year span. So I think like, Oh, at 65, you retire. Well, I'm like, no, we get so many lives, like so many things we can do. So I break everything in five years. And I'm like, all right, in five years, who knows what I'm going to do? If yeah. 10 yeah. years ago, I opened a gym and did all these things. And then all of a sudden there's all like, we constantly evolve. Are you, are you, are you still, do you still have games aspirations? Or are you going to do masters again? No. People are like, you're still fit. Like I still am just, I don't want to say just as strong, but like I just cleaned like 370 the other day. And I was like, wow, that was still, I just, I think I snatched like 290 something like, I, but I'm not lifting like I was, I'm not training like I was, but I think I have such a big base that it's, and I still like to work out and I still look good. And, but I don't want to hurt like that it, and it's hard like i don't want to live in the gym i get to spend i get to pick my kids up from school mm. i get to hang out with my wife i get to wake up in the morning have a cup of coffee do what i want to do i get to go travel around so much now what i get to do is crazy because what i do now didn't exist when i when i found crossfit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I didn't know I'd own a gym. I didn't know I own a second gym. I didn't know I'd have an online programming company. I didn't know it would take down this path. And that's where like, for me, I don't know what five years looks like. I don't know what's going to be, what's going to exist. So as long as I understand that I'm constantly evolving, I can find new opportunities. Who knows? I might be 60 and be like, I want to compete because I got nothing else to do. I don't know. If you're not um, competing, how, what's your primary way of people finding Nick Urankar? Like, how do people find you? You know what so, I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like for Mayhem, it's worked great. With no one's, I, I, I think the community, and this is not a negative thing at all, but sports in general, just people in general, general are what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And so. In, in two years, no one's even – I know people aren't going to believe this. In two years, no one's going to know who Fraser is. The people competing at the games will be – they'll never – I mean, there's, it's already like that. Like, Mal O'Brien was like eight when Rich was at the games. You know what I mean? There's just we, – we're getting older. Yep. How, how are people going to still find you? How do you still stay relevant? Um, I mean, I know you have a big social media following, but is, is that really what it is? is? Is it all just through social media? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, yes and – I mean, yeah, I would say that that's the primary way. Um, I think for me, like I tell my wife this all the time, in in a few years, nobody might want to get on my programming. Everybody might cancel. Nobody might, nobody would care about me. And that was a big thing for me. It was super hard to realize that one day nobody will care. And that's okay. And they do right now. In in a small form, and like yes, I'm not as, as long as he keeps his shirt off and his reels, he'll do just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was. Uh... You feel pressure to stay in t- tip top shape because of that, and and, yeah. and 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 not even as a bad thing. And do you enjoy that pressure? If you um, do feel it, so I feel a lot of different pressures. One, like I should still be able to lift the weights that I've lifted because that's what I'm known for. Mm. Um. I should look a certain way and I, I work out 10 to 40 minutes a day. Wow. Like uh, not that much, but I'm, I know your nutrition is dialed in crazy. Yeah, no. Um, it, yes. Okay. Yes. My, if you looked at my nutrition, you'd say, yeah, it's dialed in, but I don't, I don't count macros. I, I don't like a lot of junk food. I'll snack on stuff, but we don't have it in our house. Um, I think like for me, you don't eat in the morning. Do you eat in the morning? You don't eat in the morning. I'm going to go. Not really. No, I won't eat like 10 or 11 coffee. Um, Maybe I'll throw like a snack in my mouth, but no. I was going to guess you didn't eat until one. Sometimes. Yeah. I'll intermittent fast a lot just by default, just because I get into stuff. Um, Do you enjoy the pressure of um, needing to stay strong, needing to like, like I enjoy, I, 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 there's some pressures I just like. Yeah, like I don't, I don't mind any of them because I realize it's just me. Right. I'm, nobody really cares. Right. You're putting it on yourself. Yeah. It's made yeah. up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't You're really, mad. I, I like it because it gives me purpose. Right. So like, if yeah. I can lean into that, it gives me a reason to work out. It gives me right. a reason. Like, if there was like, ah, oh, there's no reason, why not? And that's why a lot of athletes get out of shape, um, so easily. And I'm never gonna stop training. So I do have to have purpose. I do have to have a reason. Um, and sometimes that that's it. Like, that's a reason to go and let, let's check to see what I can clean and jerk. Um, yeah. Hey dude, uh, it's fun. It's funny. This is the most I've ever talked to you. It's, uh, yeah. awesome having you on You're What a great conversationalist you are. I really appreciate you coming on. You, 
fuck, man, we covered some ground. Yeah, well, good thank dude. you, man. Yeah, you're a good dude. Thank you very much. It's, it. it's pretty obvious why uh, you're doing so good. You you have such. It's funny uh, when, when I my image of you is that you're a much more aggressive aggro guy. Just a kind of the image I had of you in my head. Everybody and you, says, and you're just so fucking cool. You fuck, you're so yeah. cool. People yeah, are like, then, oh, you're like a bro. I'm like, man, I'm I go real deep all the time to a fault. Well, good. Look, great interview already. Well, thank you, Judy. Yeah. All right, man. Well, have a good day. Uh, thanks for coming on, and and I hope our paths cross again. Oh, for sure, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Nick Urankar, the Zeus method. Thanks, brother. Yes, you're welcome. Cheers. Dang. Yeah, have him on again, please. Yeah, he's cool, right? Wow. Look at even David Weed thinks he's a cool dude. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. That was easy. Two gyms. I bet you he got some stories. Today, I feel like, is the first day of my life. Uh, because uh, I'm getting back in the... Um, I'm getting back in the groove. I'm back home. I feel like I've been away forever. Kids are finishing up their school. 8.30 a.m. Headed over to the skate park for two hours. Then I'm going to go play tennis with them for two hours. Then I'm going to take them to Kumon for 30 minutes. Then they're going to go back to jiu-jitsu and tennis. Whew, what a day. Oh, look at that. Already bring back Nick. You. Wow. Nick, Nick, your anchor. Damn, you guys really liked him. Yeah, he's cool, right? Chill. I never panicked. I wasn't like, fuck, what are we going to talk about? Next time we got to get Caleb here. The, the dude's body is fucking ridiculous. And I'm glad he got to say that. That's that's crazy that uh, I'm glad he got to talk about the 300-pound um, the snatch. Because, man, he caught some shit for that. That's cool that they drug tested him. And these guys like, fuck you. I passed. Eat a dick. Oh, shit. My phone's not charged. Ah, I was, uh, normally at night, I leave my phone in the kitchen and plug it into the chargers. And cause I just got back last night, I didn't, uh, pull out, unpack all the chargers. Son of a bitch. All right, guys. Um, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, tomorrow, Greg glass men is coming on. Uh, is there anything tonight? No. Uh, Thursday. No, it says Ariel Lowen. That can't be right. Is there a, what's tomorrow? tomorrow? Oh, shit. Ariel Lowen is coming on. Holy shit. All right. Thursday, Ariel Lowen. Third fittest woman in the world. Fittest woman in North America. Uh, and then Friday, the behind the scenes episode. Oh, Friday, we have Tommy Hackenberg. What is this? This is all crazy. And he's with Kotler now and underdogs. Um, and then Friday also we have episode eight uh, coming out. And then Saturday, Darian Weeks. For those of you who've been listening for a while. I know I had a plan B charger too. I just didn't. There, there was a couple just sitting around the house, but it wasn't in the spot that I normally like to have my phone. It was, I was just being OCD. Just a weirdo yesterday. I came home, I was a mess. Guys, 
the open is coming. Our Friday nights on the station are going to blow you away. On Friday nights, we're going to have Taylor Self versus the world. First week, Taylor versus Dallin Pepper. Second week, Taylor versus Jason Hopper. Third week, Taylor versus Colton Mertens. We're taking over the open. Big, but like it, we're going to do it at, uh, I think we're doing it at CrossFit Charlotte two weeks, Andy Hendel's gym, and then at CrossFit Crash. It's going to be insane. It's going to be so beautiful. Remember that last thing Will Brandsetter uh, set up with um, Taylor doing that Wadapalooza workout? It's going to be sick. <laughs> Bye-bye.